Hello and welcome to Ask the Mayor on WBAA News. I'm your host, Ben Thorpe. This week, our guest is Crawfordsville Mayor Todd Barton. So I want to start by talking to you about the Market Street Railroad crossing data. The city has been collecting information in order to get a sense for how the crossing impacts residents. Specifically, I believe that the hope is that this could lead to federal funds to improve that crossing. What kind of data are you seeing so far? Well, we're seeing very compelling, strong data. And really what we're trying to do here, we know we have a problem in this community. Uh, It's trying to convince the outside world, especially, you know, someone, let's say, in, in D.C., that we have a problem. So we've applied before for funding and never been successful. So we're trying a different approach. And uh, we basically put cameras on that crossing for for over a year. And we've been collecting data to tell us how many trains are passing through there, uh, you know, how many minutes a day that crossing is blocked, how many interactions we have between trains and pedestrians, how many pedestrians walk the tracks as a, as a, you know, pathway, uh, how many interactions between trains and emergency vehicles, so we've gathered all of that data, and then we can use the federal formula to calculate uh, the economic impact to citizens in our community, uh, the impact to businesses in our community, and then we can also calculate the environmental impact in terms of vehicles sitting there all those minutes idling, waiting on trains. Yeah, and and what do you know? What are some of the data telling us about how long uh, that crossing is blocked and what impact that's having on folks? Well, we're seeing, you know, on average about, let me pull the numbers up here. I mean, I think it's it's a little more than like 30-some minutes a day that it's blocked, which actually is is very good. <laughs> That's surprising to us. Um, the, the situation has gotten a little bit better during the study period. So um, this is like best-case scenario. You're 30-some you're minutes a day. But uh, when we measure that overall impact and you think in terms of, of the time lost, you know, for businesses and, and just, you know, people in their personal business, I mean, your total, you know, it's about 39 million in the 13-month study period that we had. Uh, it's a it's a massive impact to our community, and uh, you know, I think the thing that was, I think, surprising to me. I've been around this issue for decades, but the the, the pedestrian impact was the part that I didn't realize. So how many people actually walk through there and have interactions with trains? You know, obviously, I think this is something that's going to be determined by what kind of funds you can get. But what are some of the solutions that you're considering here or that you would like to see? Well, we're seeking funding to do a a planning study, uh, which would take it all the way up through identifying a solution and then actually designing the solution, everything up to right away acquisition. And, And I think the foregone conclusion for pretty much everybody is that you need a grade separation. Um, if you look at that crossing, if you're familiar with it, it, the topography there lends itself to that. The rail line sits down quite a bit lower than the surrounding area. So, you know, it's not a stretch to think about putting a, a grade separation or an overpass there. So uh, that's kind of the direction we're headed with this. Um, and again, keep in mind, this is a very long-term play. You know, I mean, this is something that doesn't play out in, in a year or two. This We're talking, you know, maybe even a decade for something like this to play out. Yeah. I am uh, going to pivot here. I, I saw that Wabash College just received a $25 million grant from the Lilly Foundation. What kind of impact might that have on Crawfordsville? Well, the, the grant is specifically for colleges to engage in the community uh, in which they're located. And so we've we've been working on that for a number of years here with Wabash College, and, and this really takes it to the next level. So uh, we've had some, I think, good, robust, honest uh, conversations with them for a while about, you know, on both sides, what that might look like. And, uh, you know, 
what you're going to see happen is more community engagement at the college, but also uh, the college, you know, interacting with the, the community more and specifically focusing on our Hispanic Latino population. I mean, the largest, you know, segment of bilingual, you know, citizens in our community at Wabash College. So it makes sense that we kind of tie this all together. So there's several things that's going to come out of it, um, but we're really excited to see this see this moving forward and really strengthen that relationship between the college and the community. Yeah. Holcomb, Governor Eric Holcomb, gave his State of the State address earlier this month. And I'm wondering, A, if you kind of have any reactions to it. But, you know, in particular, there was the announcement of a Lilly Grant investment of $250 million to support the Ready 2.0 program. Uh, Transitioning here from asking about this one Lilly Grant to more Lilly money kind of coming to potentially local communities. Yeah, I mean, I think that's interesting, and, and it kind of fits exactly with what we're trying to do in this community because it really was focused on, you know, eliminating blight and rebuilding some of those areas, and that's, quite frankly, the toughest part of what we face. I mean, it's it's one thing to bring in developers and build a new neighborhood on the on the periphery of the existing city in a field, right? But to find areas of the city that, that just are struggling and clean up that housing stock and get newer stock there is a lot more challenging and this sets aside money to do just that so you know in the end the proof will be in the pudding uh we'll see how that plays out um i think you know my initial reaction to to the address was he really did focus in on the fact that there's a lot of confusion about what the state has to offer and and how to coordinate that in local communities and and i think he's exactly right there it is very confusing for local communities to sort out what resources are available at the state level and what are not Yeah. And so, uh, you know, is this something that you're supportive of in terms of trying to help local communities figure out where can I pull state resources in? Well, I am. Um, I I think as long as it's a good, honest assessment. So, you know, it it, it is challenging and it's tricky because we constantly have to make decisions about, you know, whether or not we're going to pursue grant funding at the state or federal level based on the requirements that come with it. And sometimes the requirements that come with it uh, lead us to conclude that we're not going to pursue those funding sources. So, uh, you know, we, we need good, honest assessments of these things, and we need a good, clean process where the requirements are up front and, you know, it doesn't drive up the cost of the project two or three times and just create layer after layer of of complications that cost us more and more money to work through. So um, I'm hoping that that is involved in the process, some some attempt to kind of clean it up and make it make it simpler. Yeah. As the 2024 legislative session is moving forward, is there anything that has caught your eye? Uh, well, a lot of things catch my eye. <laughs> and I think right now we're at that point where it's kind of a wait and see, you know, what's really going to advance forward and not. I mean, they're specifically related to us. There are some bills and there was actually testimony, um, you know, just here recently on uh, mobile integrated health and community paramedics. Um We've been kind of the impetus behind one of those bills, which just seeks to clean up the reimbursement process uh, and creates three pilot counties that would be reimbursed at a different rate for these services uh, on the insurance side, which, you know, we have some great programs and we have two in this area with Crawfordsville and with Monticello. Um, Muncie also has a really good program. So we're the pilot communities, three different size communities. Um, And what we're trying to do is, the, pro- the programs are good, but we have to find a way to fund these and sustain these long term. So 
if we can get this approved in three communities, it allows us to collect data from a cross section of the state that we can be used to make a case to, you know, expand it statewide. So really been watching the bills related to mobile integrated health this year. And of course, there's always the bills related to annexation and TIF and all those things that we have to keep an eye on. That's our time for today. Mayor Barton, thanks for being with us. You can find this program at our website, WBAA.org, along with an archive of our shows with the mayors of Lafayette, West Lafayette, Crawfordsville, and Frankfurt. Send us your questions to ask at WBAA.org. Thanks for listening, and have a great rest of the day. Thank you.